You're listening to Outlandish Outcasts at outlandishoutcasts.com. Welcome to Outlandish Outcasts. I'm your host, Al. With me, as always, the lovely Desiree. How are you doing tonight, Desi? When do I get a beautiful? I don't know. Next time I think of it. You could like sing to me too someday. I could, but not today. You can sing. I've heard you. I cannot. Liar. We met in a karaoke bar. <laughs> well, we didn't meet in the karaoke bar. We met on a bus, but I've heard you sing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, yay, anyway. we're here. It's podcast time. You know, good morning, beautiful. How are you? Yeah, no thanks. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, 11 years too long. The romance it's, died. Yeah, it's died. It's dead. Do you have any romantic stories for me today? No. Oh, my shots. starting? Yes, you are. Oh, that was my cue. Sorry I don't pick up on those as, as often because I didn't I didn't hear these lovely sayings that I was hinting for okay anyways so my first story is welcome to the shire of montana when the you shire of montana so when you hear shire what do you think of i don't know like quick, i don't know. quick guess i don't know really really hobbits okay the hobbits yeah okay so in Montana, in Trout Creek, Montana, there is, it's a house, I guess. It's a place you can go, a cabin type thing, and okay. it, it resembles the Hobbit right house. The, the Hobbit house, okay. So. That's cool. So I picked this, and it's adults only, bungalow. Adults only? Adults only, because it's romantical. But do you hit your head on everything? No, yeah, it's actually human small. size. Okay. It is human size. I was a little disappointed when I actually saw the front door. I, it wasn't round. It I, was normal. I'm a little disappointed that it's human size. <laughs> but they <laughs> Like have, you should have to go in there I and walk the whole time. I know. I was kind of looking at it. But everybody has their own. And plus they were probably thinking a lot of these visitors are going to want normal size things instead of yeah. trying to struggle. I suppose. So I could, I could see that aspect. But... um. Some of the things outside of the Hobbit house, they have like even fairy houses and all these fun little little things to do. So cool. it looks pretty mystical from the outside. This does look really like... On the inside, it just looks like a very wooden, nice house. Okay. So Ooh, a the house haunted with wood. forest. Yes. Our kids would never go. So... <laughs> <laughs> no. Not we, after we, the haunted mansion, we, haunted house. We recently learned this at the state fair. <laughs> yes. And I think our daughter was thinking, you know, how they have those mirror houses and the haunted houses yeah. and the kids, little kids little section. Little kids section, She yeah. was thinking it was that. It was not that. Yeah, I liked it because I, pref- I like, you know, It's the first time I ever laughed like in that, a haunted house. I do have to say that. Our kids, two minutes in, screamed they wanted out and wanted out now. And I felt the same way on the inside, but I have to hold the youngest cover his eyes as he held his ear shut because mm-hmm. yeah that was bad yeah <laughs> that was bad so was anyways an yes it was experience in itself but this house um it is described if you go to rent it it's one place one house 
So it's oh, like so it's an Airbnb like, type I, I thing. I was thinking like this was kind of like a resort. Nope. But this is just a one, one, one stop house. shop kind of thing. They built the house to resemble because it has a grass on the roof mm-hmm. and everything. So they built it to resemble the Hobbit house. Okay. Or not resemble, but to... Like in the book describes, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Is what they thought the Hobbit house mm-hmm. would look like. Um, but... Um, their description on, well, you would go to their website, which is, uh, or to reserve it, I should say, is mm-hmm. vrbo.com. VRBO, okay. And then you can just put in um, Montana. There was a zip code. Just Google it. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably easier. <laughs> the Shire of Montana, get the zip code, go to that website then, and then you can pull it up. But their website, the Shire of Montana, mm-hmm. um, it has pictures and it has a cool. lot more kind of describing it. But on the vrbo.com website, I went on there and I printed this off because the summary was a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, but Was there a the, price? $345 a night for, uh, and you have to at least get two nights. Well, that's not too bad. So I mean, No, for, that's not too bad at that- all different of an experience that's not that bad at all to tell you the truth no and it's in a remote valley in northwest montana uh stay in a cabin cabin pattern patterned after the house described in the hobbit um more than a bed to sleep in and a stove to cook on the shire offers visitors a luxury lodging experience full of imagination magic and yes a truly unique retreat retreat if i could talk away from the hustle and bustle of everyday life so that's a vacation right yeah. there I'm, I'm willing to bet it's tough to book i it seems like a good enough price know. that it, i'm, I'm, I'm betting it sells winter. out like it's close in the long. winter when i was on the website there was a video of like these two older little ladies driving to this mm-hmm. house and it's literally like it's on this ranch um, it overlooks the white pine alpaca okay. um, mountains mm-hmm. or something like that, or the ranch, alpaca ranch. So it's on a ranch. Whoever owns a ranch built this place, mm-hmm. but the road to get there is there's nothing around. Hmm. So you're it's seclusion completely. You're going for a nice secluded Quiet. Weekend. Quiet That's why weekend. I'm assuming there's no kids allowed. Yeah, that makes sense. So, But it is a two-bedroom, two one-bath, sleeps two to three people. So, interesting. Yep. Go as a couple, like, bring your mind, friend with. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I wouldn't mind checking something like that out someday. I kind of like little things like that. When I was a kid, um, on a trip to Wisconsin Dells, I went to a, it was like called like the home of the future or something like that. Huh. And it was built out of like white spray foam. Weird. But like, and it was like a dome, and the rooms were all rounded. Wait, and gray foam, it like was the like, cottage cheese stuff on a ceiling? Yeah, exactly. Ooh, <laughs> weird. And it was really weird and really kind of cool, but I it, I like experiencing things like that. So I like different things, definitely. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. So, so yeah, if you can't make your way to New Zealand to visit the real Hobbit mm-hmm. houses. Just go check one out in Montana. There you are. Kind of crazy, Montana. Montana. Lots to do in Montana, I'm sure. You think <laughs> Intana's in Montana? Just uh, kidding. <laughs> funny. All right. <clears throat> I'm bringing some science today. 
science. Yeah, kind of. Well, I mean, it's definitely science. It's space science. I like space science. I have science today, too. This is uh, an interesting story. Um, I, I got this story that I'm reading this from right here is from CNET. I did see it on a number of other outlets as well. Uh, China's lunar rover discovers strange substance on the far side of the moon. Did they really discover it? Is it cheese? It wasn't cheese. I can mm. tell you that. I guarantee you it wasn't cheese. Kind of disappointed. Uh, inside of a crater, the U-2-2, which is the name of the rover, uh, detected something pretty darn weird. Um, China's U-2-2 rover was launched as part of China's four mission, Chi- or China's change for mission, is so, the first ever robot to explore the far side of the moon. U-2-2, is it named after U-2? It's just the second U-2, like U-2-2? No, it's like Y-U-T-U, then Uh, 2, the number 2. That didn't sound as interesting. (laughs) The uh, rover landed in January, snapped gorgeous views of the surface, and made uh, one unexpected discovery. It has discovered unusable substance with gel-like appearance on the surface of the moon. Like frozen stuff, like ice maybe? That is a... Kind of, no, not ice. Well, it's not ice. It's definitely not ice. And according to, nobody's quite sure exactly what it is because, you know, it's a robot we've got up there, not a person. But what they figure it probably is, is the remnants of glass after being superheated from an asteroid strike. And it's turned into a gooey glob. So maybe like, dirt that was superheated by yeah. something that turned yeah, into you take, glass. Yeah, you take sand and heat it up, you get glass. So, yeah, that's... Okay. So it's like a, a, a melted kind of So it's not glass. gooey. I mean, it, they say it's gooey. It probably looks goo- gooey because it probably yeah, I mean, nothing guess, to smooth it out, so it's got no, like Nobody's actually touched it, and, so <laughs> it is on the far side of the moon. Um, so it could be like ice. But yeah, the the... It, it could be ice. I guess it's possible, but that would mean there's water, and they have never found water on the moon yet. So, But I suppose anything's possible. Um, of course, some people think it's an alien substance that's coming out of the mining uh, operation that the aliens are doing on the inside of the moon, which <laughs> which was another part of the story that I read. <laughs> well, I've heard a lot of theories about the other side of the moon because you know what we don't see? The other side of the moon. The man on the moon is always on the same side. It is true. It is true. The moon or rotates the bunny, right along with the or earth. Or however you want to But we do that. now have pictures from the other side of the moon because China did send a rover. And I'm glad that China's in this whole space race thing and, you know, putting robots up there. I want, I want as many things to find out what's in the galaxy as we can. Let's go and find out. And sending humans is really hard and expensive. Let's just make a sending spaceship. I'll go on it. Like you Star would go Trek. on a spaceship? Like Star Trek? Heck yeah. Well, yeah, if it was like Star Trek, but you know that's not what spaceships are going to be like now. It's like... Well, it doesn't have to be like Star Trek spaceship, but I you mean, know... Talking, you want to go to Mars, you better have years <laughs> of your life to get there. <laughs> I love you. It's been fun. I got to go. Okay. You know I'm a space freak. No, I know you're a space freak. I'm not... I just... I could be I a think hermit be a if I wanted life. to... I just think it'd be kind of miserable because you can be a space freak, but all you get to know is what you see. But I get to see what's right in front of me and nobody else actually gets to see it. They only get pictures. That'd be cool. 
pictures. But, you know, I, I see mean, if send an alien people showed up, up, I'd be wishing I was at home. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to just, you know, you could be the person that introduced the human race to some other race of aliens. Somebody else on that crew can go shake hands with whatever that is first. <laughs> you don't want to shake hands or whatever um, appendage the aliens decide to use to shake? <laughs> could blow me know. up. You don't know. It could. It could. Anyway, there's strange stuff on the moon, and it's gooey. Well, it's it, gel-like. It looks gooey. It looks gel-like. And it could be glass, and, and it could be just glass. ice. I don't think it's there's ice, spaceships, but I guess it could be. No, there are spaceships up there, and you know back in the 80s before garbage disposal was a huge thing. We haven't sent anybody there since the 70s. Or the 70s <laughs> when things were worse. And we didn't worse. go to the dark side either. Everything was done on the light side. As if things don't float around in space. There's, they don't the moon just, has gravity. It's not, it stuff's just, not just floating off, it just, the, off the moon. There's it doesn't gravity. Just it's just one sixth on the, the Earth's moon gravity. and stay there. Yeah, it does. It has gravity. That's exactly what happens. It can bounce too. Well, yeah, and, but eventually and it settles if they because any it has gravity. in space, who knows where that landed? Yeah, I have no idea where they did to poop and pee, and I don't See? really want to know. See, there you go. That will That's totally... my theory. It could just be a big pile of frozen urine little, that landed in a crater. Little 12-year-old Al who wanted to be, be an astronaut will be really disappointed when he find, found we're, out that you know they're in diapers. and this gel-like substance. We're going to bring it back and see what it is. And when it comes back, it's just a yellow liquid form. <laughs> yeah. How funny would that be? That would be pretty funny. That would see, be hilarious. It could happen. It could happen. Could be glass. Could be ice. You just don't know. It could be gel. You covered a story once where we thought it was urine and it turned out not to be. I don't remember. It was a space story and there's something going on and my first guess was urine and they, then you said, no, it was something else. But that was like one of our first episodes. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah. You know, long time ago. All right, what do you got? <laughs> it's my turn. Mm-hmm. I like when it's my turn. Okay, so... Ancient ruins older than the pyramids discovered in Canada. In Canada? In Canada. Cool, so, eh? Yeah, you betcha. <laughs> so a team of Canadian um, PhD students discovered an ancient village that dates back to before the era of the pyramids. CTV hmm. reports that a team of students from the University of Victoria's Archaeology Department have uncovered the oldest settlement in North America. Cool. So, discovered when searching Triquet Island. I might not be saying that right, of okay. course. Imagine that with me. An island located about 300 miles north of Victoria, British Columbia. Oh, we had the wrong accent. Yeah, we did. Our accents was Ontario. Yep. Oops, sorry. Oh, well. So the team founded, or the team found ancient fish hooks and spears, as well as tools for making uh, fires. Um, however, they really hit the jackpot when they found an ancient cooking hearth. So it's a floor of a yeah. fire pit. Yeah. Um, from which they were able to obtain flakes of charcoal burnt by prehistoric Canadians. Holy cow! So using carbon dating dating on the charcoal flakes, the researchers were able to determine that the settlement dated back 14,000 years ago, wow. making it significantly older than the pyramids of ancient Europe, 
which were built 4,700 years ago. Holy cow. That is like really old. Like like really old. Wow. It's like way older than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> that made me feel younger. Holy cow. Like I didn't think. I could not imagine human settlements over here at that. When I say really? over here, I mean North America. See, and I always 14, do because ago. I picture Earth and the land as one. No, yeah, I get that. So do you really think everybody was settled in one little area in Africa no. and then just migrated as we had big lands of seas and oceans? No, no, but I just, I, I just don't, like, you don't find, especially... Especially in Canada. We probably would find somewhere it's very, just you very... don't go digging for it everywhere. Yeah, but you'd think you'd be more more likely to find something like this in Mexico than in Canada. That's because they don't have big glaciers everywhere and... and well. I'm just saying that British would be hard Columbia to live there for that reason. Glaciers, you know? But if we went to Alaska, where Russia mm-hmm. and Alaska, yeah. you At know one in the point, winter... Met, yeah. But in the winter, in the winter there's freezes. ice yeah. and you there's can go bridge. snowmobiling there. Yeah. I mean, who's not to say that? Yeah, I suppose. Longer than that. I suppose. If the glaciers weren't there, if you went digging in the mountains, who's to say that you wouldn't find like psh, digging, chiseling through the ice? You could probably like find frozen people. Maybe preserved. Yeah, maybe even find them mummified like they did that dinosaur, and that That's was in what Canada. I'm saying. That's that what I'm Canada. saying. But you don't go digging for that kind of stuff because of weather conditions. Yeah. And you could easily get lost. In so maybe Alaska. as the as the um you know everything starts to melt, maybe we'll find out more of this stuff. <laughs> very <laughs> possible. I'm it not is saying it's a good thing. Possible. I'm just saying we may learn a lot more True. about history but, as we're going into our demise. Yep, but Alicia Gavaru, a PhD student who helped discover this, I I just had to repeat this. She said, "I remember when we got the dates back. I just sat back and said." Holy moly, this is old. <laughs> Sorry. That's I had to say from, it. That, that's straight from Canada. Holy, Holy moly. Holy moly. So glad you found the same humor as I did. Because I was like, <laughs> holy moly. Yes. I only say holy moly guacamole because that's the name of the guacamole I eat. Except I don't it think is, it's, it's holy moly. It's no, just it's holy, holy guacamole. Holy guacamole. Still reminded me of it. Holy moly guacamole. <laughs> Again, I'm funny. Oh. So you get all serious with this really cool story about ancient people, and I'm going to totally ruin the whole thing. What? Like nothing. You have a story of nothing. Well, it's not a story of nothing, but it's Am a story of nothing. Nothing like of any importance. It's nothing of any importance to anybody. Mm-hmm. It is the equivalent of our of not our generation, but the generation after us eating Tide Pods. <laughs> Ew. Why? Just why? Let's not even go there. Yeah, I don't know either. But sorry if we offended any of you Tide Pod eaters. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not sorry <laughs> at all. I don't want to lose any listeners. In the nineteen late 1930s, early 1940s, the big thing to do was goldfish swallowing. Huh. I feel like that was in a movie I'm of some sort. Sure, I'm it sure it has been in many movies, many things. Movie. Um, I know uh, they did it in Jackass. I don't know if you saw the Jackass Maybe movies, that's what I was thinking Steve-O of. steve did swallow a live goldfish and then vomited it up minutes later. No, I think it was an actual movie. Hmm. 
not like a camera following a group of people hurting themselves on purpose. Um, one of the one things. of the nobody's quite sure where the where it originated because it kind of sprung up in a couple of different spots around the around uh, the U.S. Um, but one possibility is <gasps> a fish called Wanda. Okay, there you go. Okay, sorry. <laughs> one possibility <laughs> is that it comes from Chicago bartenders, notably Matt uh, Schillen who performed magic while tending bar at his family restaurant, he would cut up carrots to look like goldfish tails, and then he would pretend to swallow goldfish um, as he was bartending. Um, so he wasn't actually doing the goldfish swallowing. But uh, according to the Smithsonian National Museum of American His- History, goldfish swallowing was such a craze at universities during the early 20th century, it made appearance in several, several news publications, including the New York Times and the Washington Post. Uh, an article in 1939, Los Angeles Times, called it Goldfish Gulping, hmm. uh, became so popular that Massachusetts almost passed a law banning um, eating goldfish. Why? Why? Because they thought it was cruel to the goldfish. But what about regular fish? People were fine eating. Goldfish were alive. That's what. That's the whole thing. They they weren't put out of their misery first. You catch You'd a fish, the, you don't kill it right away. I know. It doesn't make much sense, but you take it they out were of trying the bucket, to stop people like the Tide Pods. You kill it. You, you scale it. You descale it. Still alive, flopping around. The older generation was trying to stop people from being stupid. That's Ugh. why they wanted to pass a law. Who cares? Not because they really cared about the fish, but they're like, what are these people doing? Let's just make a law saying they can't do it. It's because it grossed them out. It didn't work anyway. They didn't. They, they never passed the law. But I guess I would rather have my child goldfish swallowing than eating a Tide Pod. This is true. This is very true. At least, I mean, goldfish swallowing might get you sick. You're probably just going to throw up and puke it right up. Probably. If Especially not. Especially if it poops right in your stomach because it's still alive. If not, your body will digest it and it'll come out the other end and you'll be fine. Unlike a Tide Pod, which is probably going to be a, Make you, you know, have a trip really to the emergency sick. room involved. Give you a, a lot of diarrhea. Yeah. That's what soap will do. Yeah. Yep. So that is my story. Goldfish swallowing. So, so mine kind of, not really, but in my own little way you know tide pods swallowing gives you diarrhea mm-hmm. my story follows yours <laughs> okay so man loses feeling in his legs and nearly dies due to colossal poop oh my god i've taken a poop so big i thought i was gonna lose feeling in my legs before too not really but sometimes no I feel like he it. he couldn't poop and it got so big in his large intestines oh, that stuck? it blocked oh his that artery that goes into your leg. I oh. have it highlighted, but I didn't get that far, but it blocked it, causing his leg to go numb. Oh. So doctors in Australia have intervened after a man became so constipated, his fecal matter gave him paralysis in one of his legs. 53-year-old took himself to the emergency room with abdominal pain that had been building for three days, oh. um, swelling and nausea. Um, more alarming is he was experiencing pain in his right leg, which he was in, unable to move for the past 24 hours before going in. The hmm. leg had no, um, palpable pulse and was cold to the touch. So his medical 
History revealed no drug taking, no risk of vascular disease, and no significant medical history to speak of. It turns out he was just really, really needed to poop. Oh my God. <laughs> so a rectal examination revealed the man had impacted stools. <laughs> yeah. So a scan of his abdomen. I said that really funny. A scat. A scan yeah, of his, <laughs> I was back in Canada. <laughs> eh. So a scan of his abdomen revealed he was suffering from massive fecal compact or compaction and potentially life-threatening abdomen compartment syndrome. And I've heard of people getting mm. backed up where you have to go in mm-hmm. and you get sick and stuff like that, but I've never actually heard to the point where your legs... Your legs just you, stop working. You, It just goes paralyzed. Wow. So the scan, it revealed his fecal matter. I just love being able to say that. (laughs) Had become so backed up that it had descended his large intestine and put pressure on his right iliac artery. There we go. That was the artery I was trying to say earlier. This pressure caused the pain in his leg as well as the paralysis. 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 There we go. Due to the seriousness of his case... Um, he was taken to surgery right away. And then after the huge amount of feces was removed, four days later, he was able to leave the intensive care unit, um, though it took him another 13 days before Whoa. he was able to walk again. Holy cow. So, Talk yeah, about having He was definitely poop. backed up. And then yeah. I found another story on this. I was reading it like home remedies for regularity. <laughs> I cannot imagine. Like... When I was in my mid-20s, I spent uh, about a month in the hospital, and for the first week, I didn't poop. That's because they had you on so many pain pills, I'm yeah. sure. And when I, like, by the time I finally was able to, like, I was in so much pain, and I can't imagine, like, losing feeling in your legs, and, like, that just makes me want to cry. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. No. <sighs> Nope. That was a poopy story. That was a very shitty story. That was a shitty story. <laughs> I agree. I 100% Literally, agree. should I? 100% agree. I thought that was pretty interesting, though. I try to keep my most interesting stories for last. It was It was definitely very interesting. It makes me want to make sure I go poop. <laughs> well, me and our youngest son have had conversations about things that could help. Yeah. Because he has a little bit of issues, He does issues have a little too. bit of issues, yes. So I think it's because he likes to pl- sit in front of the TV that he holds it for so long that it starts compacting. Yep. And it's like, you just need to go when you need to go. Yep. Listen to the signs, buddy. Well, my final story is something that he would love. Oh, video he's ne- games? He's never going to get one of these things, but he would love it. Thank God, because I don't want to spend any more money on technology. <laughs> Um, Unless it's for this kind of stuff here that I get to play with. In the 1950s, uh, American inventor and magician Alfred Carlton Gilbert. Oh, magic. um, Invented the Gilbert Atomic Energy Lab. He doesn't need any more energy, though. (laughs) He, like, bounces off the walls. This was a science kit that contained real uranium. No, he doesn't need uranium either. I thought we've talked about this. <laughs> we've talked about uranium before. We did talk about being able to buy it on Amazon. Um, now, 
Uh, not a kid's kit? No, not not a kid's kit. This was a kid's kit. This, Wasn't it from like 1950s that yeah. they had these? Uh, I remember hearing about these. Carlton Gilbert uh, was the name of the inventor of the kit. He is known uh, mostly for his one commercial success, which was the Erector set. <laughs> There's a name, Uranium Erector set. <laughs> Have you ever played with an Erector set? They were awesome. Oh, no, they were it so just fun. sounds funny. <laughs> Uranium. Yeah. Erector set. Yes. Just say that again. No, thank you. <laughs> um, it's hilarious. Anyway. Okay, I'm childish. It's hilarious. With with the popularity of that of the Erector brand that he was really proud of, <laughs> oh he God. decided to put together a kit. Um, the kit included a cloud chamber for viewing particle physics, a Geiger counter for mon- monitoring radiation levels, and saw a piece of radioactive uh, ore. The uh, the they thought the kit was going to be really popular. They even had a Dagwood comic kind of. Ooh, I love Dagwood Blondie. Kind of developed just to advertise the kit. It was Blondie back in my day, but I'm sure it started off with yeah. Dagwood. Um, the That's kit hilarious. In 1950, did cost fifty dollars, which would be about four hundred dollars today. Um. He, Real chemistry there. Gilbert did advertise that children could use it to prospect for uranium because at the time the government was offering oh. $10,000 rewards to anybody who could identify a new uh, source of the material in the country. Um, when the kits launched, children were overwhelmed by their complex, how complex they were. They were a little too tough to figure out how to do whatever you're supposed to do with them. Just a little. And uh, safety concerns started to mount and the Kits were quickly removed from store shelves. An estimated 5,000 kits did make it out into the world, though. So in 1950s, uranium kits. (laughs) I thought that was kind of cool. Yes, uranium erector sets. (laughs) That's hilarious. I had an erector set when I was a kid, and I loved the thing. (laughs) I want a uranium erector (laughs) set. Well, you can't have one. I want one. Well, you can't have one. They stopped selling them. Uh, do they sell Erector sets? Yes, they then sell Erector sets. Then you can go buy me some uranium I and we'll combine it together and we'll have a uranium Erector set. I guess I could. I will get you that for Christmas. I could, I have a hard time even saying that together. <laughs> uranium Erector set. I feel like I'm like trying to speak a different dialect or something saying that together. It's okay. It's a lot of tongue twisting there, people. There is a lot of tongue twisting there. Almost as much tongue twisting as outlandishoutcasts at gmail.com, which is where you can send any ideas, suggestions, questions, just want to say hi, you whatever know, you'd like. Thinking of that, like when we thought of our name, mm-hmm. we didn't think of saying it three times three times fast no did we, we did definitely no. did not definitely did not after a few episodes i'm like hmm we should have rethought that yeah <laughs> probably <laughs> i but, do like oh our well. name though so do i so do i um we are on facebook where can you find us there mm, on facebook what how <laughs> just search for Olen- desi and al there you go you can find me on facebook i yeah. don't know about you you're never on there I'm but anyways on. we're at outlandish outcast podcasts we are on Twitter at Outlandish Casts and, then and Instagram at something. Outlandish Outcasts. Twitter's Outcast the only oddball. Yeah, I couldn't get what we wanted on Twitter. Oh, well. Yeah, somebody took it. Anyway, it, you can also always go to the website and check out examples of the stories that uh, that we talked about in each episode. And if... Uh, and I guess I guess that's it. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> that's all, folks. 
Ding. Ha- have a good week, everybody. Bye. Bye.